We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I think we're going to have a goal fest this weekend. Okay, you try and sell it to me with Burnmouth and Stoke. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your one-time uh, Taga Expert League champ, regular season champion, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, how's it going? <laughs> Not bad. It's nice to give yourself that nice little introduction. Congratulations on that, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I remember after the first two weeks of the season when I was 0-2 but had the most points in the league, I was like, oh, this stuff evens itself out. And it is a testament to patience and to sticking to your preseason strategy. And for me, it was never draft defenders early, draft them as late as you possibly can. And uh, Tom Heaton is the MVP of the league. <laughs> He's the MVP of anything you're playing, I'm sure he's the highest scoring goaltender and most of the time went undrafted. I don't know how, I don't know how you don't consider that an MVP player in terms of value. It just doesn't get better than that. I think the first part of that being undrafted has nothing to do with his value. Obviously we, we were wrong. That doesn't mean he, that doesn't make him more valuable. 
Well, that, that meant the combination of the fact that you didn't even have to draft them and you got the number one goalkeeper. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, you got the number one keeper for a position that we have always said don't pay up for. And I think, <clears throat> I mean, yes, congratulations on getting Tom Heaton. <laughs> yes, that wasn't all. I, you know, a special shout out to Sadio Mane. May he rest in peace this season. <laughs> But on a totally side, totally other side note, I am podcasting from a small enough phone booth that Solomon Rondon would be able to score from this distance. Oh man, just just won't let the Rondon thing go. <laughs> I I am in Chris Wondolowski range. There you go. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's. I cannot extend my arms more than elbow length. Oh. <laughs> he can score from here. Okay. <laughs> All right. As long as as long as there's no goalie in front of him. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he can be closed down very quickly. All right. Uh, in this podcast, we will say uh, we will say our uh, premature goodbyes to Sunderland, even though they do play more games. Uh, they're done uh, in the Premier League. I thought that they had a week or two left mathematically, but nope, that is incorrect. Uh, well, we they, they when we were previewing the for the prior the previous weekend, they were not dead yet. I don't think I think we they still had something to play for. Now, not so much. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, David Moyes, just how how he's fallen so fast. Uh, it, it's it is it is rather something. Uh, he's it's not the same thing as like Rafa Benitez last season uh, going down with Newcastle, uh, even though they are shockingly similar geographically. Uh, I'm not sure Sunderland get out. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll yo-yo because I. I look at that team and unless they do some significant strengthening, I. I can't. I can't see this crop of players coming together. At least not under this manager. Yeah, I. I uh, totally agree with that. I think. I mean, I'm not sure they're going to finish top half in the championship next year. I mean, I think it's going to be one of these multi-year things. You know, unlike Newcastle, who are coming back up. But yeah, the. As much as like you want to say like well you know Moyes didn't have all of his players blah blah blah, meaning he didn't get to choose all of them. Uh, Big Sam obviously brought in a few guys last year before he left for the England job, before he got canned from that. But the I don't know I there was just never a sense that Moyes had any idea what he was doing at Sunderland, and this is kind of what happens when that's the case. Just just awful stuff. Uh, awful stuff from Sunderland all season. They've been a fantasy wasteland outside of Jermaine Defoe as well. Uh, actually, uh, the last couple of weeks there's been one other person, but mm-hmm. who should we'll have been talk. playing all season? Who? Yeah, we we we've, we've said this a couple of times. Uh, so uh, so Andrew, uh, we're getting to play. We're getting to the crunch time now. Game week, you know, depending on who you follow, but I think it's game week thirty six, correct? Yes, three more left, and we have double game weeks. I think from here for this week and next week as well, correct? Yeah, we've got uh, Arsenal Southampton with a double this week, and then next week is kind of this super double game week that uh, it's one of those that like people are saving wild cards for, as if doing anything in game week thirty-seven is really going to move the needle. But um, <clears throat> yeah, next week is kind of a whole. I mean, it's a pretty crazy schedule for the Premier League. They have two Friday matches. They've got a slate, a big slate on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And and then, obviously, the final uh, game week on uh, Sunday the twenty first. Yeah. So, and they all start at the same time. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, it's a 
bit of a congested schedule for a lot of teams now, many of whom you will hear nothing about other than Manchester United, where all you hear about is how many matches they play, even though they've played the exact same number in April as Real Madrid, who seem to be just fine with this schedule. Yeah, and I think you I think there's a I think there's some other clubs in the Premier League that have played more. <laughs> I, I, anyway, does Manchester United? What you, we'll, we'll get to them in a minute, but uh, you know what I saw from them and their disappointing one-one draw last week at our one of our few reviews we'll do from last week against Swansea for Manchester United is, you know, these players that ha, you know they were so, quote unquote supposed to have the opportunity to show themselves here mm. to show their worth, they just looked defeated and in pain. Yeah, like, Gilfie, like Gilfie they, Sigurdsson was the one showing his worth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not 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 surprising. I mean, there was. <laughs> But Roger Bennett said that goal was something that you could put to the Benny Hill soundtrack, <laughs> and it's totally true. Uh, that was just a cartoonish goal where Ander Herrera runs to the goal line, and then David De Gea says, no, go away. And then the ball goes in right where Ander Herrera was staring, and David De Gea didn't even move. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, I'm not sure Herrera would have been able to do anything, even if he had stayed. In, like, that ball was so perfectly placed that Herrera on the goal line, I don't think, was stopping that, but... Maybe, maybe. Nothing like taking a free kick to the face when you only see it after it reaches the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it, it was basically as if Andrew Herrera was just guiding Guilty Sigurdsson, like, hey, shoot it here. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a great kick, great kick. He's been doing it all season. Yeah. Uh, we, we, will, we will get to more on both Manchester United and Swansea as we go through the slate of game week 36 let's get started andrew we have friday night football it is west ham at home at uh, against uh, spurs who of course are trying to mount the pressure on chelsea who play on monday i i wanted to bring up a a question to you about spurs that is going to come off as a very bitter arsenal fan question and while it may come from bitterness i i do want to discuss it the it seems like Spurs have gotten to the point where their goal is to win the title from now on, right? Like, are, do you view them as a club that that thinks they can they have a shot at winning the title every year? I mean, uh, uh, if you, I think they have the best record if you combine the last two seasons. They do, they do, um, uh, and and Spurs to me, they don't deserve to lose the Premier League this season, even though it looks like they're probably going to. What? Um, I don't know what that means. I, I think they've played well enough to win the Premier League this season. They're, the brand of soccer they play is very entertaining. Uh, it's It's been as consistent as any of the other top teams this season, especially defensively. Uh, they did suffer backline injuries where both Vertonghen and Alderweireld were out at the same time. So, you know, that stuff happens, and Chelsea just haven't really gone through a lot of injuries this season. In fact, they've been incredibly healthy, which yeah. is – a testament as to why you know they're at the top of the table but um i i think spurs have played well enough to that you know that, that warranting the quality that they, they they've showed the qualities of premier league champions this season uh let me rephrase the question uh it'll be a multi-part question now so going into the season you would expect chelsea manchester city and manchester united to think that they should be able to win I, the title, right? I didn't expect. Well, as a Chelsea not, fan, not I, you, I, I, not you. Okay. Did, did you think that they expected 
to win the title? Like, do they go I into the so. season thinking they should win the title? I think both Manchester clubs did, yes, for sure. Okay. And I think Arsenal did as well. And I believe Spurs thought they would be competitive for sure. Maybe not the same. Maybe they didn't have the expectation, like Daniel Levy saying, like, oh, Pochettino, you're going to be in the hot seat if you don't win the Champions League. Well, that, that's, think... not, that's not really what I'm... I guess the way I'm looking at it is, is that, uh, like, Manchester City, I believe, look at this season as a failure because they didn't win the title. And... They will look at this season as a failure because they failed to do anything. In, well, terms, sure. in terms of winning, they, they, they're not going to win anything. I think, okay, great. And I think uh, maybe it would be different if they weren't going to win the title. But I feel like Chelsea would have been disappointed had they not won the title this year as well. It would have been considered a failure despite how awful they were last year. I think Chelsea would have considered it a disappointing season if they hadn't qualified for Champions League because that's literally all they were focused on. Okay. They didn't have to focus on anything else. So except maybe the FA Cup, which come on, let's be honest, no one really focuses on that until like the quarterfinals. Yeah. I guess the way I I kind of viewed it was with teams like and I, I don't really want to put Arsenal in this pick in this group, but I will for the sake of the argument or the discussion. So Arsenal, both Manchester clubs and Chelsea. Uh I I look at them as going into every season thinking they could win the title. Not like that they're the front runners, but like we can win the title this year. And if they don't win it, then the season is, is effectively not a success. And whether Spurs are in that group now, and if they are, was this season a failure? Now I understand your question. Um, I think like I think that, the... the, the Spurs have gotten good enough where the expectation is that they're going to be competing for the title. And if you're competing for the title, theoretically, that means you think you can win it. And if you don't and you don't get out of the group stage of the Champions League, like how successful was the season? Well, combining all of those factors, like I'm not going to say, I mean, they put together a very good run at the end of the season, particularly let's be I mean, let's be honest here. Spurs were, an afterthought in the title race when they start uh, before they started this nine game winning streak, right? I mean, They're, every I, I guess, I guess, yes. So I, I mean, I'm not sure I would say they were an afterthought as opposed to everybody was an afterthought. Fine, but my my point remains here is that you know, they've put together a nice run at the end of the season that you want to see and. Uh, I, I mean, maybe maybe it took the fact that they're not playing in Europe anymore, and that, that they're, they they weren't in as many competitions, and they may not have been ready for all of the, you know, fixture congestion. However, the real test for Spurs to me comes this off season. Can they hold on to their players? Mm-hmm. If they you do, know, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Walker's likely going to leave, but I don't think that's necessarily a terrible thing because they have. You certainly don't. No, I certainly don't. I, I will celebrate that day because Karen Trippy will become relevant again. Do you, if they keep the core intact, do you think then next then next season if they don't win some kind of silverware, yes, it should be considered a big disappointment. Would they, they have be, the talent to win something? Would they be the favorites to win the title next year? You'd have to talk about them. Yeah, you'd have to talk about them in a way that they would be one of the favorites to win. You know, so one of, one I mean, of not the let, favorite. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If if Manchester United go out and spend, you know, like 300 million pounds and City do the same and Chelsea 
I mean, they may they may spend a couple hundred pounds, couple hundred million pounds because they're going to get 90 million euros for Dio Costa. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there, there's a I mean, there is a money barrier, but if they keep the core intact and yeah, I mean, they they should have the expectation that they they should I mean they they should be disappointed if they don't win some kind of silverware next year. And how deep is that silverware discussion? Like you're the one who always says like the cups, the domestic cups don't matter. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they. I, I, I'm taking myself <laughs> out of the equation here, but okay. in the grand scheme of things, as long as it's like FA Cup or higher, I mean, the league cup, who cares? All right. <laughs> that's decided in February. Let's yeah. be honest. That, that cup doesn't matter. Even they don't think it matters. Yeah. I guess the way I'm looking at it is I, I mean, just like you said, we're expecting both Manchester sides to spend a boatload of money, Chelsea to do the same. And I actually have, I actually have thoughts about that at a later podcast, how I think Chelsea shouldn't spend too much money. Okay. Um, because I think they should just bring their young players back and play well, those guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I mean, we, we, saw, we, but... we saw it yesterday with Bertrand Traore, who scored a double for Ajax. Vatice mm-hmm. uh, has qualified, I believe, for Europe for the first time in its club in that club's history. Or they won, sorry, they won a title. They won the yeah. like the Dutch, Dutch Cup, Cup or something. Yeah. And first time in their history, which is basically Chelsea South. Uh, I mean, it's there are there are lots of good players playing elsewhere. Also, um, at, at Brighton uh, is. Uh, I think there's a couple of Chelsea. Uh, there's a couple of Chelsea guys at Fulham who are going to be in, uh, who are le- helping leading Fulham uh, potentially to promotion. At Brighton, they have. You're, you're uh, talking well, about Tammy, guys who are Tammy Abraham, I believe. Right. I, I, I mean, just l- listen to the guys you're talking about, and now you're talking about those guys competing to win a title in the Premier League. What? Maybe bring like one of those guys, but any more than like two, and there's no way that team wins a title. No way. That's why you don't do it. Well, I, w- sorry. Okay. Well, we'll, I'm not saying we'll talk about that zero. later. We, not, we've yeah, got we, a, that's a, that's another podcast for yeah, a couple a couple weeks from now. Sorry, but, I, but, but ultimately, my last question for Spurs is about Spurs is is this the peak? Uh, it, it certainly could be if they start selling all those players this summer. Even if they don't. That's no, what I'm I don't saying. think. Like, if I, they don't, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. You know, because I think Son is finally not, coming into his own to provide that balance in the attacking midfield that they're not one-sided in their attack. The, that's that that's been a problem for Spurs for a long time. The only way they, this is not the peak is if they win the title. I mean, they're they're second. They're going to finish second. I mean, I mean, if they have a long run in Champions League, that's that's good too. Like, like they don't have to win the Champions League per se, but if they get to where Leicester was or. If they get to the quarterfinals or to the you know, pot, okay. you know or further, like that's that's okay. really good. Like I not see. many teams get to say that, right? right? So, so finishing second and a deeper Champions League run. Yeah, okay. finishing, finishing, yep. finishing top. That's been the Arsenal way for seventeen years, except that without the Champions League stuff. What does Arsenal have to do with it? Uh, come on, the natural comparison for Spurs is Arsenal. We all know that. I mean, but what does that have to do with Spurs's peak? Arsenal finished second last year and made it out of the no group work. stage of the Champions League. Yeah. So, like, that's it. That So Spurs are hoping to reach – Spurs' peak is what Arsenal did last year and this year. Yeah. If you want now, to keep comparing. Now you, sound like, now you sound like a better Arsenal I'm saying, if you want to keep – you're the one who brought up this comparison. <clears throat> I'm not saying – well, first of all, Arsenal didn't get out of the, out of the round of 16. But what I'm saying they is – They got out of the group stage. Which Spurs didn't? 
fine. I, that's what I'm saying. This is this is not necessarily their peak. They okay. can build on this, is what I'm saying. Okay. Because they have all the core pieces that you need. Mm-hmm. They have the the strong central midfield players. They have a strong defensive pairing, uh, a center pairing. They have the striker that you that you want. They have a, a playmaker in midfield, and they have a budding young star in Deli Ali as well to boot. So we'll go along with all the other young players that they have. I mean, they they could stand to have, you know, some depth, you know, in case some in case people get injured. But I mean, that's what's going to add to their. Um, you know that that's what they can build on is they start adding depth they don't have to spend the multi-hundred millions of pounds if they just want to add more depth just to add some cover for guys and maybe do some more rotation in games that don't mean as much okay if you're t- if you're talking about a you know like a strategy for spurs but let's you know let, 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 let's get to the strategy of west ham on friday night shall we mm. Where it's going to be all Spurs all don't, the time. Don't get blown out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all Spurs all the time. I agree. It, it's going to be Christian Eriksen left and right. It's going to be Delhi Alley with some kind of garbage kind of goal where it deflects <laughs> off something and he's there. That's a skill. All right. Frank Lampard did it for years, but you know, just being at the right place at the right time, uh, coming from the midfield positions. Uh, Harry Kane, you have to like your chances for a penalty at least. Um, <laughs> Guess West. It's it's West Ham. Let's be honest. It's West Ham at home where they've been terrible. Uh, it's yeah. The only question will be was whether Son or Dembele gets the start. Yeah, because Wanyama and Dyer look great back there together. Yeah. Yep. And I guess Danny Rose is close to coming back, but I don't know if he'll start in his first game. No, yeah, it, it's it's unlike. I think he'll make the eighteen, but I think it's yep. unlikely he'll start because yep. um, I have I picked him up a couple weeks ago in the Wire Taga League, thinking, oh, he'll come back in a week or two. Yeah. So I've been uh, heavily monitoring that. <laughs> yeah, Ben Davies has been great. So or Davis, whatever we want to call him. But yeah, I think sure. um, this game is a part of a DraftKings interleague slate with a League Une and a La Liga match. So I think a lot of people will be going on the Spurs guys just because they're so heavily favored. Yeah, even on the road. Right, yep. But yeah, it's it's all Spurs all the time. On the West Ham side, uh, Masuaku or, uh, or or Snodgrass hasn't really been... Yeah, Cresswell anything. I think will probably come back in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything on West Ham that gets you really excited. Uh, nope, it does not. <laughs> all right, uh, let's, let's get to the Saturday slate, which is another one of these just... I mean, the, the games you have to choose from again for DraftKings so on bad. Saturday slate. Like if, if, you, if last week was bad, with two goals total scored in four games, this might be worse. Uh, like this, this slate actually might be worse. Let's get out of the way the 7.30 game, which is going to be the, one of the more lopsided affairs of the whole entire weekend. Manchester City at home against Crystal Palace. No, I am not believing that Big Sam is going to be able to repel Manchester <laughs> City when they need to win to get Champions League places. I do not believe that. <laughs> I agree. Um, and even, even even after seeing Manchester City only draw Middlesbrough two two last week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the now that Aguero is out, uh, it'll be back to the the lineup that we saw just before Gabriel Jesus got hurt, and which is just such a flying attack. It's with Jesus, Sterling, and Sane with De Bruyne behind them. I mean, it's that's scary a scary attack. Yeah. yeah, Gabby Jesus will be one of the more picked, heavily picked up players. Oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it's not like Manchester City have been like a great defensive side, so it's not out of the question that Zaha or Townsend or Benteke could do something, but I mean, I can't. 
Townsend has gotten so expensive on like the daily sites. I mean, he's played well, but you're not going to pay up for him with as crazy as it sounds on this slate. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be fairly one-sided for Man City. Yeah. And Manchester City, if I'm not mistaken, they've been sneaky good defensively of late. Um, maybe. I, I mean, they gave up two to Burrow, right? So that that's not so good. But yeah, they shut out. They had a, that scoreless draw with United, and then they beat Southampton three uh, nil. So yeah, two goals in three yeah, games. Five. I think it was five in their last eight, something like that. Uh, yeah, that's oh, not sorry, that's not true. Yeah, that's sorry. It wasn't five in the last eight because because uh, they didn't shut Chelsea out. They I think they shut Hull out. But anyway, uh, it's Hull was it's three one. Sorry, Hull was three one. So they so it was five of their last ten. Three half. and four. Five of their last ten. That's pretty good. Five in their last ten. That's possible, I guess. I think it's five 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 clean sheets in their last ten. Oh, five clean sheets. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. So that's a good record. Yep. I'll take that. Yep. And and if you're doing the law of averages here, if they didn't get a clean sheet last week, that means <laughs> they should this week. Uh, well, I mean, it's the 11th game, so 50-50. That is true. That is true. It's, the, it's, the, it's the classic 11, uh, the 10 out of 11 doctors, and this is the 11th doctor. That's right. That's right. You never, you never know which way it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk uh, about this awesome 10 a.m. slate. Good God, man! It's it, it, the only the only difference between this week and last week is that there's five games to choose from instead of four. Uh, oh, no, there were five last week. There were five last week. Yeah, right. I Burnley scored as many goals as the first four games combined. I think we're gonna have a goal fest this weekend. Okay, you try and sell it to me with Burnmouth and Stoke. Well, I mean, Josh King's the hottest player in the Premier League. He'll have at least two, and um, let's see, Ryan Frazier will do something. I bet yeah, Mark Pugh. He'll draw one of the penalties that Joshua Kings converts. That's yes, right. Okay. That's right. Uh, I think I don't think Stoke scores actually, but I think Burnmouth kill them. You think Burnmouth take multiple? multiple you th- you, okay, over under three. Um, I, I take. Push. Yeah, I'll push that three nothing. So you so you think it'll be three goals to Burnmouth? All right, that is that is a goal fest. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. That's fine. Uh, I think it's maximum two, and I think it's actually one one. I think there are points to be shared in almost all these games because neither team needs to win. Uh, I mean, they haven't needed to win in a while, and they're still... That's my point. They're still scoring, though. I, I think when you say they are still scoring, Joshua King is still scoring. Sure. I mean, well, he'll be playing he in counts. this game. He counts, yeah, but that's one. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I don't need multiple goal scorers. I just need multiple goals. I love Josh King this week. <laughs> I, I, I of the two of us, I took him last week in our DraftKings lineup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, as a late addition, because I was able to afford him with other stuff. I didn't actually name him on the podcast though. Yeah. Uh, for he's any good on FanDuel too, because he's been creating a bunch of chances. So yeah. he does. He does. He he's been doing it all for Burmuth. He's the Swiss Army knife of Burmuth. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, for, that. So that's yeah, why. For, and that Stoke. I mean, I don't know how anybody can get excited as Saito Barahino continues to start up front for this team. Such garbage. <laughs> it's. <laughs> unbelievable I, I really don't get it it's as if solomon rondo was continuously starting up front for a team oh, you are <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible they're, they're terrible I, I, terrible center forward i understand what rondon theoretically brings to the table as like just this hulking player who may be able to hold up play i don't understand what barahino does cocaine yeah. lots oh, of it 
Oh, come on. <laughs> and on that note, we move oh, on to boy. Solomon Rondone's West Brom, who travel to the north to face Burnley north of the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, sell me on goals. Robbie Brady hat trick. <laughs> My God, you are just insufferable. <laughs> That would, that would what? Uh, no, triple I would... His, uh, that would triple his goal total Probably, yeah. Uh, I do think Burnley score multiple times. I think this is another uh, clean sheet win for your boy Tom Heaton. Yeah. yeah Tom. West Brom have been horrific. Burnley always good at home. And clearly they haven't... Coming off their first win on the road. That's right. That's a huge win. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Brady, the... I mean, so who, so who, so who's celebrating more on the beach this week, Burnley or West Brom? From you know, continuous West Brom celebrating on the beach. I was gonna say, yeah, if West Brom even leaves the beach to play the game. <laughs> the the only thing that changes anything is if Brady doesn't start. Like he's really the the most viable fantasy option by far, yeah. at least in terms of DraftKings. And what's weird is that like when he doesn't play, it's not like we have a an easy replacement to say, well, this guy's going to take the set pieces. So he's good. Cause like Scott Arfield is awful, even though he takes a lot of the set pieces when I was just about to say, uh, play, Scott so. Arfield may have something to tell you. Yeah. No, it's, he's nothing. George Boyd doesn't do a thing, but you know, who knows who'll start up front between Barnes gray and Vokes. But yeah, I think Brady is a great, a great play if he starts. And then on the West Brom side, like there's just nothing there. Like Brunt's been doing not much. Chadley, the same thing. Phillips, I think, is still out. Robson Canu's out, so Rondon will start. Like, there's just a whole lot of nothing there that, um, you know, works right into Burnley's favor at Turf Moor. Yeah, Bur- Burnley do have. Do, this is one of the rare instances where you know you say Burnley has to be favored. They are favored. I know. I'm yeah. saying there there is no logic. Yeah, they have case. to. So You're right. When you say Burnley is favored against like the number eleven team, like. Let's, or I think they're eleven. I, I don't even remember. They've got to be close to that one. Too. They're right. They're right behind heaven. I think that makes them ninth or eight. eight. Excuse me. They're eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but... So the eight. The, I mean, you know, when when you're talking about Burnley, who are fourteenth, yeah. Like that. You know, when you say, of course, they're going to be favored against the eighth best team, that doesn't usually make sense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a five point gap, so it's not. Not crazy. Burnley are yeah, six. But it's, all, that... but it's also but it's also a nine goal differential gap yeah. too. Yeah, Burnley are sixth in home, in the home table, if you will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 so. That's the only way. When you don't, when you when you, when it takes right. when it takes eighteen chances to win your first game on the road. Oh, sorry, seventeen chances out of eighteen to win your first game on the road. Or sorry, eighteen out of nineteen. I'm totally, totally, totally befuddled right now from math. Uh, when <laughs> math it takes eighteen attempts out of nineteen to win your first game on the road, you have problems on the road. You, and the only way you stay in the league is if you make your home field an absolute fortress, and that's the only way that they've done that. Yeah. So that's why I think it's going to happen this They're, weekend. You know what they are? The anti-Palace. Palace are seventh on the road and 19th at home. That's crazy. Wow. Same goal differential, too. Uh, so, yeah, the I'm staying away from any West Brom guys to the, this weekend. Mm. Yep, good call. All right, sell me on the goal fest that is Hull Sunderland. Uh, this one is <laughs> <laughs> so it might be a little tougher, um, but uh, I think you obviously have to look at guys like Omar Niasi, Camille Grosicki. Those are the two that jump out. The uh, fullbacks. How many goal? Are... How many goals does Grosicki scored? Uh, I think he has one this year. Does he even have one? No, I don't think so. Oh god. Um, 
Was all right. Well, <laughs> I'm sure he has an assist. So uh, he, I think he has. One. I think he has a couple of those. Actually. Yeah. See, there you go. I mean, he'll be on. He did hit. He did, he did hit the post. Oh, three assists. How about that? Yeah, he's got Two three assists and, and, a sub. and um, zero and zero goals. Zero goals. Yeah. Well, you know, he's not the finisher that Umar Niasi is. So we'll have him. Um, obviously, Wabi Kazri's dangerous. I'm sure Jermaine Defoe should be able to score again after not scoring since uh, February fourth. Don't be so dramatic. Uh, <laughs> five days away, out of January, four days. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I think Victor Nichibi always dangerous. Um, oh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> not me. Not necessarily in soccer, but he seems like there was a video I saw of him training the other day where it was like one of those like machines that just like shoots the ball out towards you. They have those like for football receivers, but they have them for yeah, soccer. Yeah, and he caught and he caught in his teeth. No, no, no. He was um, practicing like chesting them down, and I was just waiting for one of the balls to just like explode like off of his chest, like literally just like poof and just. But anyway, um, this one probably is not a super goal fest, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was like two one Hull. I mean Hall. I mean uh, Coach Silva. Adrian, it was Adrian. So no, not Adrian. Silva, Marco. Marco Silva. Adrian Silva plays for I think. Sporting Lisbon. Anyway, um, there's probably f- 500 Adrian Silvas in the world playing soccer. So, anyway, um, so Marco Silva has yeah. not still yeah. has not lost at home. Right, they don't lose. In, He's not going to break that against Sunderland. Well, you know, this would be the time where Stop. to break all <laughs> to break everything at once. Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. There's no there's no drama in this game at all, except for how many points Hull will score, one or three. Do you feel like there's any thought that the Sunderland guys will like try harder because they're going to be playing for a new like, for, they're basically auditioning? No, because the people who are good enough don't have to audition. Like Jermaine Defoe, his audition is 18 years of well, whatever he's, he's done. Yeah, he's not really the one I was thinking of, but no, I, I don't okay. because all the because they, they've auditioned for. 35 weeks or so and they all look like championship players except wabi kazri who has only played like three weeks and has looked yeah awesome he, he looks like he's them. leaving the country yeah <laughs> that's what he looks he's like. like the perfect like encapsulation of that season of that he never played and then they get relegated just as he starts to play and he's the best player on the team and you wonder why adnan yanazai was getting so much playing time over him that's ugh, what a waste yeah, it's it, it really. I mean, I, the only thing interesting Yanazai's done is grow that growth goatee. Right, it's like six different individuals. It actually, it actually wasn't him; it was his evil twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it looked like. <laughs> anyway, uh, I really have nothing else to say. Yeah, really let's about go this on. Game, other other than perhaps you know a sneaky time to play Andrew Robertson or uh, Ahmed El Mohamedi if he's a defender listed in. Yeah. Uh, Not sure how sneaky game is, of but... choice. Yeah. All right. That that's. I, well, I mean, they don't cross enough. Uh, they're just not consistent with it, yeah. Yeah. That's why you get Grosicki. Correct. And he, I mean, if he, if he keeps taking those free kicks the way that he did last week, he'll eventually score. That was flush off the post. It was yeah. great. It was a great, great shot. It was per- It was almost perfect. <laughs> yes, yes, it was It was, <laughs> just, just like their entire season. Yeah. Almost inch perfect. Anyway, Leicester are at home against Watford in a game that – all players involved really could couldn't care less about what was going on in the pitch. Yeah, you know what that means. Four yeah, like three, eight, five. four yeah. three. Yeah, defense optional because no one wants to. No one wants to tackle. It's like an Arsenal game. Ouch. Um, 
I like Vardy um, as like a. I think he could score. I like Mares a lot. I would love to see Demarai Gray get more playing time, but the more I talk about it, the less it seems it's going to happen. So way to jinx it. We're stuck with Mark Albrighton. The Watford side's a little weird. We usually go to Jose Olabas, who um, we're taking this Thursday, so we're not sure what his status is. But uh, Troy Deeney obviously should get some consideration. But it, I think this is really a Leicester game. I, like I think this is a, a game you can definitely play Mares. And in peripheral stats, M by Niang is also a. He, he fills up a stat sheet pretty nicely, even if he doesn't score. Yeah, it's uh, it hasn't been nearly as as good lately. I mean, he's like That's drawing true. fouls, but he's not crossing as much as he was when he when he first got that starting job, which is a little disappointing. But um, yeah, I think like Leicester can comfortably control this match, which is a little weird since they tend not to do that. But yeah, I think like yeah, I said, I Mares think, and Vardy, I think maybe Slimani gets the start. Uh, I mean, they've been yeah. pretty Shakespeare's been pretty comfortable with Shinji Okazaki with Vardy, but. I don't know. Slimani, why not play him at this point? You, you got to get some money for him. Uh, for for Leicester, anyone who crosses or thinks about crossing will have the opportunity to against Wofford. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's always tough to pay up for Christian Fuchs on DraftKings just because he doesn't provide value more often than he does. But, yeah, yeah this is an opportunity. Get get your Leicester crossers. Yeah. And that's the exciting part about this game. <laughs> I think they're going to be goals. Yeah. Tomorrow's Vardy show. Sure. Uh, during this time period, you'll probably see me, John Wallen, and others uh, continue our fantasy Premier League Mitch Hedberg mashup uh, <laughs> because there's literally nothing else to talk about during these games <laughs> except for how bad they are. Mm-hmm. It, it was that, that was one of the most enter, that was one of the most entertaining bits of nonsense that I've been a part of on Twitter in a long time. <laughs> and it was nonsensical. That is for yeah. sure. All right, let's get to the last game of the slate on Saturday where Gilfie Sigurdsson and the Swans of Swansea uh, audition for their future jobs at Everton. Uh, I think Swansea win this match. No way. Not a chance. I think they win it. No. Everton Everton have nothing to play for. They got Swansea are in the relegation zone right now, need three points. Coming off a nice, solid point at Old Trafford. I think they got it. No, I don't. <laughs> I think Everton, who had just received a little bit of a bare-bottom spanking, and actually a lot of people were accused uh, accused the players of quitting against Chelsea, will have something to show uh, for Swansea. Maybe not all three points, but I, I actually, I, I personally do think it'll be all three points, but I think they would also settle for one. Back-to-back uh, shutouts for Everton. Not that they're going to get shut out, but the, that team's not playing well. They yeah, haven't right. had a decent result in a long time. Well, well if Romelu Lukaku wants his big money move, you better start scoring some more goals. No, oh, stop. He could not play another minute for the rest of the season, and there's <laughs> zero change to his value. Well, I think he In fact, he ha- should just go with the, I'm not getting hurt. What was it? He should, uh, actually, if he, if he wants to talk, maximize his, yeah. his own, uh, his, his own yep. value. But... My my overall assessment about Everton is I think they've only taken two points off the top six clubs on the road this season. Mm-hmm. So clearly they prefer Goodison. So that could lend some credence to your Swansea may win this one. I just look at the rosters and I say Everton are better from front to back. Uh, I mean, they might be, but... No, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> 
Lucas. <laughs> but with the exception of Sigurdsson, but you know, Sigurdsson is probably better than Ross Barkley. Three quarters of Romelu Lukaku's goals have come at home this year. That's a decent chunk. I guess. <laughs> I guess that's it. But mean, again, I don't think they get shut out, so he could very well score. I'm not going to pay up for him. Lucas Fabianski doesn't shut anyone out. You know this. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Sigurdsson. The problem is, is that it's tough to go anywhere else. Like you could look at the fullbacks, but uh, eh. And then, like, where, really, where else are you going to go? Jordan Ayew, Urente, like. So, but I do think Sigurdsson's a great play this week. I do as well. Yeah. Let's go to Sunday, shall we? Yeah. All right. Sunday sees Liverpool take on Southampton at Anfield. Uh, who is left at Liverpool? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we saw Emery Chan score what was likely one of the goals of the season. Yeah, that was a good one. On a, it just didn't make any sense. No, it the didn't. The ball was coming in at the wrong angle. He was at the wrong angle. He swung his leg in the wrong angle, and the ball went in perfectly looped into the corner. Yeah. Yep. Everything was wrong except the finish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they got Adam Alana back. Uh, so that should help. He, and he and he looked great. Yeah, that should help lessen the blow. Um, but actually, ironically enough, on both goals that Liverpool scored, Lallana did like the same move with like the like, he dragged the ball back behind him and then kicked it back to the uh, you know around the defender from behind his own body. It was the same move twice, and they fell for it. I mean, Aaron Robin's been has made a career of <laughs> using the same move all the time. So yeah, flop in the box. Right. Oh no, I meant the. Just... <laughs> <laughs> flopping them up. Uh but yeah, the I just don't know what to make about Southampton. Like it seems like they have a lot of interchangeable parts and none of them are really that great. Forty points. Is that all it that's, is? That's that's what you make of Southampton. Hmm. It's a beach town on forty points. <laughs> I guess. Like if you told me this slate had like one goal in it of the three games, I'd believe you. One oh from the from the Sunday Monday sorry game? Sunday Monday yeah, and that this one would have one goal only that the that the slate would have one goal oh yeah okay I get it now like I could see this game being scoreless Arsenal United being scoreless and then Chelsea winning one nothing getting out of yeah having to play yeah those uh, uh, yeah Liverpool no I think Liverpool still have have a lot to play for I think Liverpool are going to take it to Southampton to be honest Liverpool oh, okay. have to win out in order to secure. Uh, to secure Champions League next season. Yeah, that's with both, that's with both City and United on their tail. Right. And they're only going to get three spots most likely, right? You 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 know they're like one point behind them, right? <laughs> like our two I think City's two points and United yeah, City's are... City's three, but a game in hand. They both yeah. have a game in hand. But I'm saying doesn't doesn't won't the Premier League only get three spots if Manchester United wins Europa or do they get a fourth? I kind I think, of feel like no, they, they actually... They, they, I'm sorry, they, they do they get a fifth, I mean? Yeah, they get a fifth spot. Manchester United would take the fifth spot, and they would also be fifth in the Premier League, most likely. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, and then six and seven both make it to Europa. Right, right, right. Right. So, so Everton. Yay! <laughs> um, so, okay, so you think Liverpool takes it to them. Who do, but, think, like, who do they, they have? have who do they have that will take it to them? Firmino? Firmino? Okay. Divac Origi? Origi. Origi's been a little light in the production. Daniel Sturridge. Remember him? <laughs> Speaking of Southampton. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, what do you do with Southampton? Do, 
Dusan Tadic had another horrific game. Gabiadini. Sofian Buffal looked. At least his bad. stat sheet looked terrible. I, dra- I dropped him. eight minutes. Yeah. Like, James Ward Prowse. Is... me dropping Sofian Buffal? Yeah. <laughs> what did it take? Yeah. I don't know. It's just an ugly. I don't like either of these teams in terms of like what they could possibly bring. Like Milner, I guess, gets a bump because Coutinho's out, so he'll take all the set pieces, except he's so expensive. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't like any of it. <laughs> well, speaking of not liking any of it, let's go over to Arsenal and Manchester United, right? You can't like anything in this game. Nope, I don't. I, I, I wish they I just mean, wouldn't even play it. One positive note for United, though, two positive notes, uh, Pogba and Bailly returned from their injuries for their yep. Europa game today. Yep. Yeah, that'll so. be big, but Mourinho's already said that he's probably just going to, like, pass on this game because they have, I assume they have Celta Vigo again next week, and, like, Europa is the is the goal at this point. Um, That's their golden ticket. That being said, Mourinho, like, doesn't lose to Arsene Wenger. Yeah, he'll just punch him in the face. Like it doesn't happen. <laughs> so it'll be some horrible Juan Mata to Jesse Lingard or something stupid like that. I wouldn't take anybody from Arsenal. Okay, we need to talk about Arsenal, though. Sure. How is it that they spend so much money on the same position and continuously get zero production out of it? Yeah, I'm talking about central midfield now. Do they spend that much money on it? Consistently? <laughs> they bought one. Uh, All right, I guess El Nenny too. They didn't spend that much on him though. Jacques is the only one that they've really spent on. That's they, that's the problem. Was, I mean, they brought back Flamini a few times. No, uh, I mean, come on, come on, that doesn't count. Plus, he hasn't even been there. I mean, it it's a position they should have spent years on. They get linked with William Carvalho for years, and that never comes in anything. Um, and they clearly just bought Jaka and missed. Again, I mean, Coquelin was there forever. I mean, forever in terms of his own career. And uh, El Nenny's been decent, but he doesn't play enough to. I mean, it, now they're going I, three I, at the back, which is. I'm just... gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring up the Tottenham game from last week. Both goals that Tottenham scored within like two minutes of each other. It was just a product of Arsenal just kind of watching. Yeah, that game should have been five like nothing. Yeah, I mean, but the two goals though, like it was just a bunch of Liverpool players watching Tottenham or Arsenal. Tottenham, uh, Tottenham walk past them, yeah. not walk, run past them. Yeah, they've given up. Yeah, that is that is that's just a tough. It's a tough sight to watch. That's all I can say. Yeah, I've read these rumors that Mesut Ozil's like holding out for three hundred thousand a week, as if anybody else would pay him that outside of China. Yeah, keep holding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Don't let go. <laughs> Hopefully they can find somebody to take him. Yeah, he'll be like, uh, it's like the beginning of the movie Cliffhanger, and he's the one, uh, spoiler alert, he's the one who falls to his death. <laughs> well, I'll cross that one off the list. Yep, you should. It happens about five minutes into the movie. Oh, all right. <laughs> it is one of the most, you know what, uh, Cliffhanger the movie, for those who haven't seen it, it has the best opening five minutes and then the worst closing hour and 55 minutes. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. 
It's, it has such a great beginning, and then it's just awful for the rest mm-hmm. of the way. Okay, that that concludes our cliffhanger podcast, and we will move on to the rest of our fantasy Premier League podcast with our Monday slate of one game, uh, Chelsea at home, uh, where they will be most of the rest of the season uh, against Borough, who come to town desperately needing three points, and unfortunately they are going up against a Chelsea team that also need three points to secure the championship. I believe... Or if, to help secure, sorry. Right. They, they, um, I believe if Burrow, all right, they'll know at this. So if Swansea get a point, um, then no, I'm sorry. If Swansea win and Burrow get nothing, they're relegated. So there's that, but certainly none, none of that changes the the idea Is it that Swansea or Hull, uh, Swansea. Hull are at thirty-four points. Swansea are at thirty-two. Yeah, but they they have to they have to get above Hull. They don't have to get they have to get above Hull, not Swansea. Well, Hull's above Swansea. That's what I meant. They have to get in Hull. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. So they have, you have to compare it to. Yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. So they need at least a point, or they get relegated. I'm looking at the math. Yes, they, yes, that is six, correct. Right? Yeah. Or no, I guess they could. Hull needed if Hull get a point. Then Burrow need to have need to get three. Yeah, you need thirty five at this point. To get Correct. Um, so that doesn't change anything. The only thought was that if Burrow get um, relegated this weekend, there's a possibility that Brad Guzan will get let go and he can join Atlanta United for his shortly awaited move. Is it weird that he and his coach look exactly the same, <laughs> and neither look like Spiro Agnew? That's correct. Um, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, him and his coach look shockingly alike. <laughs> uh, there's nobody I would ever touch on Burrow from this game. No, not even Adam Atari with cheap, successful take on points. Yeah, and from Chelsea, I mean... Everyone. Everyone, because you pay up for all of them, but it depends what the slate is, I guess, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, give, That's all we give say me as that. many give me as many Chelsea shares as possible, including Diego Costa. Yeah. Because now he knows that his future is secured financially. So that makes him feel better. Yes. Why? Like, I mean, in terms of he like, no he, longer feels disrespected. He knows he knows where his place is, and he can then go about just being himself. Oh, okay. He might get a red card though. He might <laughs> just kick someone in the face because he doesn't care anymore. Right. <laughs> Uh, no, I actually no. I just think they're big things for the Chelsea attack in this game. Middlesbrough are going to let them come at them, and Chelsea have been too clinical this season. Yeah, I agree. Ah, it's so good when we agree on everything. It makes for interesting listening. Okay, Southampton, as we mentioned before, in the double game week against Arsenal, two teams that have given up, according to us. Uh, yeah. Who gives up harder on Wednesday? Um, I feel like this happened last year that they played, and Arsenal – is this game – at Arsenal? Nope, at St. Mary's. Yeah, didn't I'm pretty sure Arsenal won like four or five nothing at St. Mary's late last year when we were like, Oh, they've all given up and then that actually helped Arsenal get above Spurs for second. But either way, I don't who cares? <laughs> That's what I have to say about that match. Yeah, it's 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 on its own. For season long players you're going to play the people that you normally play especially this week especially for this week because it's double game week right and if you're not if you're in non-playoff formats then you will get the gate double game week to be counted yeah. so you're going Alexis. to play all of your options anyway but for those who are in let's say the taga playoff format uh the the double game week does not count yeah alexis is the only arsenal player that i 
would consider even with the double game week. Like I'm not taking any sure. chance on Mezudozo or Walcott's probably not going to play. You know, Giroud. No, nope, none of them. Kieran I want, Gibbs. I want none of them. I like Kieran Gibbs. Okay. If he gets more opportunity, I, I do well, like. Well, that's the problem. You have no player. idea. I, that's that's correct. Yeah. I like Gabby Adini as a double game week player though. Okay. Give me two chances for Gabby Adini to get a two get foot that, range. Get that fifth goal. From Solomon Rondon range, yes. Right. But all right, that is the entire game week slate. So let's go over to our DraftKings team, which is from that awful Saturday slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be really entertaining with all the players from Holland, Sunderland, and Burnley that we pick. Woo! Uh, let's get it started. Actually, I'll get it started with all those, almost all those teams. So for goalkeeper, I of course chose Jordan Pickford. Okay. Uh, I swayed away from Burnley keeper Tom Heaton because he was over 5000 for yep. the first time in a long time. So I went uh, with $1,200 cheaper, Jordan Pickford, who travels to Hull, who are not exactly an offensive juggernaut. Nope. But, um, you know, 3800 is 3800 and there is potential 0-0 value in this game. Mm-hmm. I get it. That's all. Uh, and then my two defenders are... Charlie Daniels at 4,900. I will pay up for who I think is one of the best defenders in the uh, on, for the entire weekend or for the entire game week slate. 4,900. I think that's just enough value there. And then I also took Daryl Yanmott from Watford mm. at 3,700. I like that Yanmott call. He's been shooting a lot more recently, which that's correct. Yeah, which is kind of always weird when a defender just magically starts shooting. Um, but anyway, I paid 5,000 for Archer Boric because I had the money. Home against Stoke, I think I don't think they give up any, and they'll probably, hopefully, Saito Barahino gets at least a few shots on goal, since he hasn't gotten more than one in a game. Shot, shot um, over goal. Maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe. And then I paid forty six for Martin Olson and thirty nine for Elmo Hamedy because I thought about Elmo Hamedy, but I didn't have enough money. There, none none of the defenders really jump out at me, uh, so I feel like they're all going to be in that five to eight point range, and so basically anyone from the top down to let's call 3700 i think are the same so if you want to save money to spend up elsewhere go nuts i don't think anybody's really there's not much but there's not much to spend up elsewhere on that's what i mean yeah because of the slate so that's the reason why i had charlie daniels because i had the money yeah i originally had el mohammedy but i had money left so i decided to swap him out i get it i get it um i have five basically five midfielders um I've got Robbie Brady, Wabi Kazri, Camille Grosicki, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and Ryan Frazier. A I lot of players. On... A lot of players. I like. I believe that was my midfield roster for last week. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but you were saying you skipped out on. I skipped out on Lukaku. Um, the only guy that I, the only two guys that I wish I had that I would switch out a few people um, for, like a higher ceiling GPP are either Mares or Josh King. Yep. So I have, I think I have four forwards depending on who you ask. And then Romelu Lukaku. So I have uh, Mark Albrighton. I have Robbie Brady. I have Romelu Lukaku, as I mentioned, Gilfie Sigurdsson, as you mentioned, and Scott Arfield. Oh, gross. <laughs> Cause he was 3,700 and that's all I could afford at the, at the utility spot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, well, Brady and Arfield doesn't, well, that doesn't make sense. Although I, I said that in, um, like Ryan Frazier and Mark Pugh have been decent together. Pugh, I kind of like it, but he's a little more expensive. I think he's yeah forty one hundred. But 
it, it's really just the price. It's 3700 and, you know, I, I can easily pivot off of Brady if he doesn't play. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Arfield is going to play. Um, how do you easily pivot from Arfield? No, no, no. I, I said from Brady. Oh, from Brady. I, because I'm pretty sure Arfield's going to play. Gotcha. Given, well, he's, given, given that he started, you know, every he's he started since uh, you know for the last month and a half or so. No, no, he just came back from injury. Oh, he just yeah, outside the injury. Yeah. Yeah, obviously he does. He's not starting when he's injured, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Usually when, not. When when healthy, he has started. Yeah. Um. I think you're wrong about that. Actually, now that I'm looking. No, I think it's been since like the middle of March, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, he has started uh, once in his last three appearances, and what? four in his last six, and four in his last eight-ish. How am I reading this wrong? Oh, there's a big gap. There's a big gap between four twenty-nine and four one, isn't there? Um, he was on the bench. He was an unused substitute twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I basically skipped the entire month of April. Mm. That was my that that that's why I went wrong. Mm. That's a problem with those. Um, the 10 game logs right. on DraftKings, which right. is obviously what I was reading from. Yes. Yes. Scott Arfield, Canadian, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. If, if Brady doesn't play, then I guess Arfield could pay that salary off. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, usually I, mean, I can, I can take another defender if I needed to, but mm-hmm. it's really overall it's not a great slate. So yeah. I'm really just. I'm, I'm looking at all these players. I mean, I can go to Idris Agana if I wanted. Uh, yes, I could with the with the extra one hundred dollars. Yeah, you don't want to do that though. I don't. Uh, there's really not. There's not. There's just not a ton here. I could always go for my personal favorite, Leroy Fair. Yeah, I saw that. Got thirty six hundred. That is always a personal favorite of mine. Uh, so that actually might. That's actually likely where I will go <laughs> if, I, if I have to pivot off of Scott Arfield. Okay. I just liked what I. I saw last weekend, I guess. Yeah. The most recent thing that I saw. The most recent bias. Also, you know who else I thought of in the defender spot at 3,300? Mark Muniesa. Uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I kind of agree. Like, I was looking at Muniesa, and the like he was decent when he, he played out wide last week in... I think Glenn Johnson's spot, or maybe it was Peter's actually. I can't remember. It was but, Peter's spot, I believe. Yeah. So I think Glenn Johnson started. Um, yeah. Either way, yeah, he's been good, but I'm not taking Stoke on the road. Yeah, I think that kind of sums up the entire slate. Yeah, that looks good, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We're getting close to the end, guys. We're going to start our Shenanigans podcast pretty soon. So can also continue to catch Andrew on the MLS podcast. Uh, which is happening also uh, coming out very soon as well. Yeah. So uh, continue to catch them on the MLS podcast if you need your fantasy fix uh, now and through the fantasy Premier League off season. So uh, lots to look forward to, but we will catch you next week as we hopefully get closer to coronating Chelsea as champions. Yay! <laughs> I had to. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.